Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, joining the show today is Adam Carlson. He is a longtime member of the Viking Age staff, and he's been a multiple-time guest on this podcast. So welcome back to the show, Adam. Hey, thank you very much for bringing me back. I absolutely love coming on here to talk about the Vikings because you and I don't always see eye to eye on a lot of things. And uh, you're kind of got a newer school mentality <laughs> on the Vikings. And I, I, I love that old school throwback style. And it's just nice to have makes, some civil discussions. Yes, it makes for good, <laughs> good, good content. And we don't have to, you know. Rip, rip each other's heads off to talk about something. Um, all right, so the 20, 2021 NFL draft is is now in the books, and the Vikings ma- made a total of 11 picks. They didn't even have a pick in the seventh round. I believe they still had more picks than anyone in this draft, of course. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I'll just go over them real quick right now. So in the first round, they grabbed Christian Derisaw, uh, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Then in the third round, they went with Kellen Mond, quarterback from Texas A&M. Their second pick in the third round, they went with Chaz Surratt, a linebacker from North Carolina. Their third pick in the third round, they went with Wyatt Davis, a guard from Ohio State. And their final pick in the third round, they went with Patrick Jones, a defensive end from Pittsburgh. And then on day three, in the fourth round, they started off with Kane uh, Wangu, a running back from Iowa State, and uh, their second pick in the fourth round, they went with Cameron Bynum. He is going to be listed as a safety with the Vikings. Uh, he's from, he played football at Cal. Um, and then their final pick in the fourth round, they went with Janarius Robinson. He is a defensive end from Florida State. Uh, they moved on to the fifth round. Their first selection there was Amir Smith-Marset, a wide receiver from Iowa. Then they added Zach Davidson, a tight end from the powerhouse of Central Missouri. Um, and then in the sixth round, the Vikings finished things up by adding Jalen Twyman, a defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. So which selection, Adam, gives you the most excitement? Um, leading into the draft, I was just excited to see anyone during the offensive line. And as soon as those linemen started to join, I, I really loved it. But in the end, I ended up absolutely loving the story for Twyman. Mm-hmm. Like what he's overcome in his life mm-hmm. and why he's so excited and watching him break down just because he's able to finally get his family like to safety and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just that story got to me big time. And that's still like just strong in my head. Yeah. But the thing that I do really love is that 
the uh, the trenches were addressed in a major way. The Vikings came into the draft focusing on winning the battle in the trenches, and they went out and got, in my opinion, the best pass blocker in the draft at tackle. And I know there's going to be some debate back and forth as to uh, whether the Vikings should have taken uh, AVT or if they did the right thing by waiting and grabbing an offensive tackle. But uh, for me, the value was there at offensive tackle at that point, but it wasn't really there at guard. And positional bias is always going to be tough in the draft. But if you can get that really, really good blindside blocker, you've got to get him. Oh, yeah. they. they, It looks like they went with, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of their 11 picks were guys who either played offensive line or defensive line. So, yeah, that was was a big focus for for the Vikings this year because, yeah, they they couldn't block last year when it came to pass protection and they couldn't rush the passer when – on the defensive side of the ball, so obviously that was a heavy emphasis. Um, so, so which draft pick are you the most curious about? You know, when it comes to their future with the Vikings. Now, if you look at my past mock drafts, mm-hmm. my first pass on a mock draft for the Viking Age had Wyatt Davis in the first round. Yeah, and I still absolutely love that talent. And the fact that he was able to be available in the third round still kind of blows my mind. I understand there's some question marks around him, but I didn't see them as being too scary. And uh, uh, He's a two-time All-American. Yeah, I, I'm just sitting here wondering, because the Vikings came into this draft, and I didn't know what position they were trying to fill, yeah. what they were going to do, and to be honest, I, I'm, I'm just kind of stunned. The <laughs> fact, <laughs> just sitting there, I was watching the TV, and when they were on the clock and traded down, I'm like, okay, they don't like who they have, or, or they have this, they, they like too many people where they're at, mm-hmm. and they're going to pick up, pick up some picks. That's great. And then I saw how far they traded down, mm-hmm. and I got scared. <laughs> because that is one heck of a roll of the dice because a, a lot of good talented people can go from what was it? 14, 23. Yep. That's a long range in that first round. Yeah. And I feel like their intentions, cause they got two third rounders. I feel like their intentions were probably to trade back in the second round on day two, but that didn't happen. I think they just <laughs> didn't make, I, I think Spielman, Rick Spielman said they tried to trade in the, the second round. Um, but, the asking price for whoever they were talking to was just too steep. Um, but yeah, they took a chance in the first round, traded it, traded with the Jets with the 14th pick and traded down to 23. Um, and obviously it worked out because they still got, you know, like you said, arguably the best pass blocker in the entire draft class. So Vikings Twitter was not a fan of that trade. No, no, no. Well, they're, they're nobody. Nobody's ever a fan of when they trade back because they're just like, ah, oh, here we go again because it's every year. Although I feel like there were way less trades this year by the Vikings than in years past. And I wonder if that has something to do with the, um, what's his face, George Payton going to the 
the Broncos because they were they were pretty active when it came to trades in the draft. They season. absolutely were, but uh, the Vikings. I think their only trade was that first round trade, right? Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. No seventh rounders. Nope. No real wheeling and dealing. Mm-hmm. Usually, they at least take one of their picks on that day, you know, on that year, and shift it over for an earlier pick next year. Even that didn't happen. Yeah, they, uh, you and I were talking because uh, we, of course, coordinate the articles that we try to put out over there on the Viking Age, and we neither of us really believed that all of the picks in in round five were going to happen. Five or 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 eight, the third round, fourth round, because they just had multiple picks. They were just and like, they all just went on schedule. Yeah, it was it's it was really odd. This is this not something. Vikings fans are used to just seeing the Vikings just stick in their their spots, but obviously they like the the players that were still on the board, and I'm sure they tried to trade a, a bunch of picks, but just uh, wasn't anything they were they're happy with. So, which of these selections maybe caused you the most confusion when the pick was made? I wasn't expecting a quarterback. I wasn't. Oh, really? I I, I definitely was not. I, I I'm. I'm still in that set mindset where the Minnesota Vikings are putting everything they've got behind Kirk Cousins. We're going to see, it, yeah, I I see that Kirk are. Cousins extension. I, I, I still think that that's a big possibility. Mm-hmm. But uh, now they have that quarterback there that some people are, might see as a threat. Mm-hmm. But as a third-round pick, that threat is a lot less likely than if they were to grab Mac Jones or something mm-hmm. like that when they were in the first round. Yeah, it's so very, it's, it's, it's not as threatening, but it also brings in that quarterback that makes you wonder if they can win a game if Kirk Cousins goes down. Because previously with the other backup quarterbacks, <laughs> I had no faith whatsoever. No. And now I'm at least like, well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe something can happen because... One, you know, teams don't have tape on Kellen Mond, so he, if he has to come in to fill in for Kirk Cousins, it's a little harder to predict, you know, what he might do. And then, like you said, some people might think this is a threat, but it's a, it's just a it's a really low risk pick for for the Vikings because they make it in the third round, so he's not going to cost them a lot. And then, you know, maybe he motivates Kirk Cousins to play even better, and I feel like. There's two good scenarios that can come out of this. Either Kirk Cousins plays out of his mind because he's got a you know a chip on his shoulder now to prove his doubters wrong or whatever, and he steps up his game like we've never seen before, and they can trade Kellen Mond to somebody else, or you know he doesn't play well, and then they replace him with Kellen Mond in a year or two, and, and Mond is able to play well, and the Vikings save a ton of money, and they can spend it elsewhere on the roster. Um, sure. So I think. It's a it's a low risk risk move with a, a really with a potential for a really big upside. Um, also, things could go bad too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we've I, seen those situations where. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, the situation has been reversed for Kirk Cousins. I feel like it's similar to. I know they didn't really have a Kirk Cousins type of quarterback when they made this move, but when they drafted Tavares Jackson. Um, yeah. They were kind of expecting him to to be that next young quarterback. At least Brad Childers was, and he just was not. Um, but he also, I don't know if he had the 
experience or, or talent coming out of college that Kellen Mond does playing in the SEC for the last four years and, and doing pretty well. So it's kind of weird that Kirk Cousins is now in a similar position to where RG3 was, he where is, he's got yes. that that quarterback breathing down his neck. Yes, the bitter RG3, if you <laughs> didn't see that clip of him just making it clear that they do not have a relationship at all. Christmas um, cards not exchanged. No, no, no. All right, everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. They start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, and guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. It is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. We are offering up to 15% off when you use the code MINUTE15. That's M-I-N-U-T-E-1-5. That's MINUTE15. So you can get 15% off your purchase by using the code MINUTE15. Head to earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. Uh, are you satisfied with how the, the draft turned out for the Vikings? Is there anything maybe you would have done differently? I, I would have liked to have seen a wide receiver a little earlier, maybe in the third, <clears throat> because I do think that the depth there is a real issue. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the Vikings have the two really quality tight ends as well mm-hmm. that, that have shown flashes eases that on me. And then they added a running back too that. I, I guess the coaching staff really loves. Yeah, he's a he ran a four two five at his pro day. At his pro so day, that's really interesting. I don't really care for the lack of an established punt returner. That right. still scares me a little bit. Right. Uh, they didn't use a pick on a kicker. Instead, waited for an undrafted free agency, which, which is which is that's fine. Okay. Yeah. But I would have liked to have seen one of the the top talent kickers come in. But sometimes it's hard to know who's going to succeed at the pro level and who isn't. Yeah. So, yeah, there were a couple spots where I thought that maybe they should have addressed it in a little bit different of a way. But as a whole, it's hard not to look at that draft the Vikings had and come away impressed because they, they really did. They had their list of needs and the value on the board, the way things fell seemed to work out very well in their favor. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot to be happy about with this draft for sure, especially with the way they the way they added, you know, more talent to the offensive line. I don't think we have to worry about Dakota Dozier or or Drew Samia next year coming in unless somebody gets hurt or whatever. Um, you know, they've got they got a really good young core for their offensive line right now. You know, they Yeah. 
they can have Derisaw on on the outside. They'll have Ezra Cleveland, Brian O'Neill, Garrett Bradbury. All these guys have been drafted <laughs> within like the last three or four years. And high draft picks too. Yep. They've invested so much as far as salary cap and draft picks in their offensive line over the last few years, and it hasn't resulted in too much. So let's hope that the scouting got it right and that that coaching staff is going to be on point because if this offensive line is even a smidge better than last year, uh, the Vikings offense was very, very good last year. Right. And if they can get that a little better and that defense can not even just return to form, but get close to where they were previously, this is going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah. And I think they might've not gone receiver early in the draft because the third receiver in their offense just isn't just doesn't have a very large role. So maybe they just didn't want to invest a whole lot of you know assets into that and went after someone like a guard or or another edge rusher because their pass rush was not that great last year. I just like that security at three. Yeah, yeah. Pass yeah. three, I don't care as much because three you at least have that injury insurance. That's true. Yeah, if someone if Thielen or Jefferson gets hurt, then yeah, you have someone who can who's capable that can can step in and may and maybe you know maybe Smith Marset is that guy because he was drafted in the fifth round and somebody else uh, he is we're very familiar fast. With. yeah somebody else we're very familiar with was drafted in the fifth round by the Vikings a couple of years ago and uh, that seemed to work out pretty well. I mean, uh, well for the Bills now it's working out pretty well. Well, it's a long term <laughs> look. I mean, they were able to turn that pick into a different first yes. round wide receiver and yes some more talented players so i mean as a whole that worked out pretty well but yeah it's it's really interesting to sit here now that everything's all cleared out and look at how everything's shaking out because the division as a whole got tougher Maybe. The, the other teams in the nfc north uh, especially uh, the bears look like they're going to be a different team yeah Yep. The Lions had, in my opinion, a really smart draft. Uh, the Packers, you could go either way on. <laughs> Something's going on there. Yeah, I. I <laughs> my, one of my best friends is a, a Packers fan, and mm-hmm. I, I was talking with him about it, and uh, apparently he's a lot higher on their, their first-round corner than I am. And I understand why they went first-round corner, because they they had that corner last year that, just continually gave up Kevin plays. King, yeah. Yeah. So so I get it, but I don't think they got the best player available at that point for them. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, the division's going to be crazy good this year. Yeah. Yeah, you got to eat the Vikings, and it's going to be tough. And there's an extra game, so we'll see yeah. how that, that plays out. Um, all right, so former Michigan edge rusher Quiddy Pay, he came off the board a few picks before the Vikings – Made their selection in the first round. I think I I mocked him to the Vikings, and you did too a couple times. Yeah. Um, if do you think if he was still on the board when Minnesota made their first round pick, um, the Vikings would have would still went with Darisar? Do you think they might have drafted Pay instead? You know, I've asked that to myself about quite a few players in this draft. Like, who if they were still on the board would have been an automatic selection? Because I know they uh, tried I to. Sl- I know they Slater. tried to trade up for Slater. They tried yeah. to trade with the Giants. I think Slater would have been an automatic stay put and make the pick. Yeah, uh, but other than that, I, I'm not sure. I don't think they saw edge rusher as being as big of a priority as fans did. Yeah, yeah, they didn't draft one until 
late in the, their last pick in the third round. So, yeah, I they have quite a locker room full of talented young pass rushers. Yeah, that and Daniel just need some experience back. and development. So, I I don't see them really needing to rush. And to me, that also means that they are very confident that Daniel Hunter isn't really going to be going anywhere or mm-hmm. that his status is being overblown a little bit. So I'm hoping that's the case. And I think the, the, the just the presence of Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce in the middle will help with the pass rush free. It gives some of those guys on the outside one-on-one battles and even Anthony Barr returning will, you know, help us. Yeah. Too. So, yeah, I guess, I, I feel like their their priority in the first round really was just geared towards offensive line. It sounds like all the possible trades they were trying to make to, to move up was for offensive line. Um, it doesn't sound like they were trying to go for a quarterback, and that um, wasn't uh, too thrilling for, for some Vikings fans. But speaking <laughs> of quarterback, so the Vikings grabbed, they grabbed everyone's attention. Um, with their first pick in the third round when they selected Kellen Mond. Um, with Kirk Cousins having two years left on his current contract with the Vikings, a bunch of people are assuming Mond will be the team's starting quarterback by at least the, the 2023 season. So do you agree with this, or do you think things might turn out differently? Of course, that all depends how the next two seasons go. But... If they see that development, I mean, it certainly could be the case. Yep. But he's, I think Bond is still a little bit of a project. Yep. And Kirk Cousins is, he's a polished product. Mm-hmm. You know what you're getting with Kirk Cousins. There isn't really a whole lot of gray area. And Minnesota really likes what Kirk Cousins does. Yeah. So at the very least, I mean, what they did was use their third round pick to invest in a quarterback to flip later if something happens with Kirk Cousins or if they really love what they see in Mond. Um, my, my prediction, of course, I'm still sticking with uh, Kirk Cousins getting a, getting an extension, sticking around for a couple of years. But if Mond can can come in and unseat him, that's even better. I mean, you look at something like, um, you know, if Cousins has to miss a few games and Mond comes in and yeah. and wins the games... The Justin situation. Herbert situation. Yeah, but and then and then Cousins is still playing pretty darn well. Like you look at that, and the Vikings are in a tough situation. Where do you roll with Cousins again, or do you try and trade Mond and get you know maybe a second or first round pick out of that? And it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting in the next couple of years to see see what they do and to see if Rick Spielman and, and Mike Zimmer are the people making that decision. But I do think with this draft, I think the that Spielman and Zimmer kind of maybe extended their, their tenure with the Vikings for at least a year, especially with the, the quarterback draft where they can be like, well, you know, if Cousins doesn't play well, well this year, then we can try out Mon, and if it doesn't work, then, you know, what, do whatever you want. I don't think their seats were warm in the first place, really. Oh. <laughs> you don't think so? No. Okay. <laughs> um, I think there's – I think the pressure at least was going to be much larger – for next season than it has in the seasons past because they, they've only made the playoffs once in the last three years. So, you know, if they miss it again next year, then I think the quest, the the doubters would keep, be get louder and, and the owners would probably have to, you know, be like, all right, 2022, that's it. You guys make the playoffs or you don't, and you're gone. 
Um, but I kind of, I, I kind of agree with you in that maybe the the hot seat factor is kind of a little overblown for for Spielman and Zimmer, especially with all the injuries the Vikings dealt with last year and all the COVID stuff, and just it yeah. wasn't a normal year, and they were still able to kind of have a, a decent showing. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. Plus, let's be honest here. The Wilfs aren't really a family. They're they're passionate about the team. They're involved in the team, everything like that. But the bottom line for them, too, is this is an investment for them. Mm -hmm. And the the team is making them the money as much as, you know, other teams could during the pandemic and everything. So I I don't think that they're going to be the type to to push the Vikings aside after a disappointing season that was just riddled by injuries and where they struggled to make the postseason really based on that. Cause they, they were trotting guys off the street in their last year. Oh yeah. 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 There's, there's guys that started in that Lions game that I had didn't even know that they were actual football players. <laughs> um, so the Vikings, they, they did have a chance with their 14th pick um, to possibly trade up for Justin Fields in the first round. But he ended up going to the Bears after they traded up with the Giants. Um, so right. that should be fun for the next maybe couple of years, seeing how, how that goes with Fields. So are Chicago. you a Fields believer? I'm going to ask you first. Do you think the Vikings will regret not trading up in the first round and making a better effort to select Fields? I don't think they will one bit. I think they're very happy with Kirk Cousins. And I'm kind of surprised how often I have to say that, whether it's on Twitter <laughs> or on the Purple People podcast or, you know, here. It's, it's just the Vikings do love Kirk Cousins. And at this point, I, I don't think they're ready to move on from him in any way or even prepare for one more year and then maybe moving on from him. I, I think we're going to get Kirk for two more years. And I don't think they would trade up for a quarterback that would sit for two years. They, they don't really do that Packers style draft a quarterback, sit him for multiple years and then get him in there. I, I don't think that's Viking style. Then again, yeah. the Viking style of drafting quarterbacks is not that great. So maybe they should adjust it. Bears gave up a lot um, in that trade. I feel like too. Um, I know they gave up obviously their, their first round round pick this year, but they gave up a, let's see. Yeah, it's through the first next year in there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think the Vikings... Next year is supposed to be, like, this ridiculously deep draft because just there was not a lot of... There was way less players available in this year's draft because a lot of players were just going back to school because <laughs> they want to get more tape. And Yeah, if you're watching that ESPN draft, a lot of the players they had up there for next available were players that didn't even declare for this draft. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I didn't even watch ESPN because I watched it for like five seconds and I was like, I'm going to watch NFL Network. Um, so I was happy with, with my decision to do that because... You missed poker. Yeah, I I don't think I missed much. Um, <laughs> I heard that Mel Kuyper said that uh, Justin Fields might be already the best NFC North quarterback if Aaron Rodgers leaves. I saw that. Yeah. Did see that for sure. That's uh, hilarious. Um <laughs> So I'll ask you the same question for, for Mac Jones. Did the Vikings had a chance to draft him. He was still on the board at, at 14 um, before they made the trade. Will the Vikings regret passing on Mac Jones? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
and, and Mac Jones is one that I'm not really a big believer in anyway. No. Um, you know, good good for him get being a first-round pick coming from Alabama. I, I feel like that was an obvious selection that the Patriots made because of Belichick's relationship with Saban and, and things like that. And they need a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he seems like someone they can maybe mold into what they want out of him. I don't know if you're going to get People are expecting him to be the next Tom Brady. I, I don't think that's. I don't think happen. the ceiling's as high on him as a lot of people think it is. No, I, he 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 was at Alabama. He had like the all these first round prospects blocking for him, catching passes from him. He had a first round draft pick behind him in the backfield. Like he had, he was playing like an all star team, and he played oh, well. Yeah. So it's not like anyone should be surprised. And now he's going to go. That offensive line he had, oh my goodness. Yeah, he's going to go to an NFL team where he's not going to have, he'll have a couple good players, but he's not going to have like Alabama level advantage over his competition like he, he did have last year. Um, is there a player you're disappointed didn't end up with the Vikings this year in the draft? Oh boy. Um, I, I'll be honest, I haven't taken a look. Did, did Paris Ford end up getting drafted at all? Um, I don't think so. I saw him. I was looking in the seventh round at like the best available when that was going on, and uh, I don't think he did. Because I love the tape on that kid, but I, I guess what? But yeah, he signed an undrafted. He signed an undrafted deal with the uh, the Rams. They got themselves a baller. <laughs> <laughs> you love that guy. I do. He, I don't think he's. Got the shorts appeal. That that combine must have really, uh, well, you're really like, what, like a four nine or something. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, um, Michael Vick ran a faster forty than him, and he's forty years old. Um, <laughs> um, but they did get two pit guys. They got two pit guys from the defensive line. I think I always like when the Vikings or other teams draft like teammates because I feel like it just it makes it for an easier transition. Yeah. Yeah, they doubled that up pretty well, and uh, both, I think, are quality, high-potential players, too. Yeah, that Twyman pick, a lot of people are excited about that, and I think because a lot of people had him as like a first-round talent after the, the 2019 season, obviously he had to opt out, um, I believe, to help with his take care of his family. Yeah. Um, so that's going to – I'm really interested in that. I, I think I was – I saw that like, come across the board, and I was, I was just like, okay. All right, like I forgot he was still right. like, <laughs> available when and when his name came up. And, and let's be honest, when you saw the video of him on Twitter, you just saw this muscle bone. Yeah, does he, oh. does he? Does he have a head? I think it's just all muscle, right? It's all muscle. <laughs> I saw him. And I'm like, all this, this dude has like the tiniest head I've ever seen and the biggest <laughs> body I've ever seen. But uh, apparently, he, he trains with uh, Aaron Donald. Because both of them went to pit, so that's not a bad, you know, training partner to have. When you're no, no, him. you definitely could do a lot worse. Oh yeah. So, so looking at all the picks the Vikings made this year, none of them were actually spent on a cornerback. Um, they did draft uh, Cameron well. Bynum, but, but they, they they said he's going to be a safety. Yeah. They told him. I they, I saw the phone call. He's like, "We're we're drafting you as a safety." Um, so technically, they did not draft a cornerback. So apparently they feel fine with their their current depth at cornerback heading into next season, regardless of how the Jeff Gladney situation turns out. But how right. do you feel about this decision 
by the Vikings to not draft a corner at all this year. If there was going to be a corner in this draft, it was going to be mid to late round, and the value just must not have been there. Yeah. And they must have been very happy with their locker room. And honestly, after si- the two signings they made at corner, uh, the potential they already had with some young corners, and uh, I, I just... If they were to have drafted a corner, it would have been for stacking on the practice squad or trying to see what they could get through because they already have quite a grouping mm-hmm. and it wasn't a need whatsoever. But yeah, yeah, like have. I said, it would have to be a situation where the player was just so good that you couldn't pass him up. Yeah, and that some. situation never really came up in this draft. They've got like seven or eight guys deep. Like they've got. Uh, Cameron Dantzler, Patrick Peterson, Mackenzie Alexander, Gladney is up in the air. Mike Hughes, yeah. Harrison Hand, Chris Boyd. Like, yeah, they've that yeah, alone that'll fill up the locker room. Not not all those guys are going to make the team. Um, and they didn't they didn't even sign a corner with their undrafted free agents, so they're they're fine with the with, yeah they were passed with everyone that they already have. So you know, looking looking. Back on, I, I wonder, like we talked about, if this guy was still on the board in the first round, you know, like if Patrick Sertan or a J.C. Horn is on the board when the Vikings are there, like do they make that pick? And I don't think they do. I think they no. they, they were really focused on getting that, that top-tier offensive lineman. It was a huge issue for them last year, and they just really needed to, especially with the departure of Riley Reef, they needed to to find someone to, to replace him. I'm just really glad the Vikings did go offensive tackle in the first because as much as a lot of fans were excited about the idea of Ezra Cleveland sliding over a left tackle, yeah, I, I wasn't really too assured by his play last year. Uh, left tackle is such a tough position to play to yeah, yeah. and uh, not really knowing what he had there. Heading with that is a question mark because I, I liked Riley Reef, Although he wasn't you know, a sexy left tackle. Mm-hmm. And he was costing the team quite a bit of money. He did his job. Mm-hmm. All right, but I, I'm confident that now they've got themselves a rookie that can come in, pass block adequately, decent run blocking, uh, team leader. I mean, yeah, you, you don't have to be the greatest at run blocking when you have Dalvin Cook no. running behind you. So I think he'll be fine. <laughs> See, the fact they were able to create a need and then address it and now that should save them quite a bit of money down the road. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's the way you kind of have years. to look at it, right? Yeah, and now you don't have to worry about paying Brian O'Neill left tackle money when you give him true. an extension. So they save money that way as well because either I think this year or next year they're probably going to look to to give him an extension um, and they don't have to give him that big left tackle amount. Uh, but I'll get you out of here with this. So when week one of the 2021 NFL season kicks off, what team will Aaron Rodgers be playing for? I, I still think I can't picture him playing for a team other than the Packers. Yep. I can't. Uh, we've seen diva Aaron Rodgers before in the media. And sure, it's never been to this level. Mm-hmm. But I, I just can't picture him sitting out. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's been really a really enjoyable last three days between <laughs> the picks the Vikings made and all this drama. 
with Aaron Rodgers, whether it's manufactured I feel for these college not. kids, though, man. They're having the day of their lives. Their dream of joining the NFL has become a reality. They're watching all the media, and instead of talking about all these amazing kids getting the opportunity going forward, it's all Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, I had to sprinkle in some Deshaun Watson and all, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. I, I understand it's news, and I understand it's all time-sensitive, and it's going to get you clicks and media attention and everything. I understand that entirely. But, man, these kids and their family. Who, which uh, was it? Was it Patrick Sertain that, that came on and said he was disappointed uh, in the media attention? I think it's uh, Joe Horn, his son, JC. It was. And they were talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Talked about it through his entire pick. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like you said, you got to get they – they have a job to do. They got to get people to watch their, their stuff. They have to fill content for – six or eight hours um and then and everyone every everyone is interested in this so like they, you can't ignore it especially when you're right. like an nfl network when your network is named after the league uh, <laughs> and you're owned by the league like you're going to talk about this and this yeah it's a, it's a huge story he's an mvp last year oh absolutely um, and now he's like i might retire to be the host of jeopardy because i don't like the gm and it's like what <laughs> like He's seriously consider. I don't know if I don't believe all the seriously considering retiring stuff. I think it's more like back and forth. Like maybe I will. Who knows? <laughs> um, but it's definitely very interesting. And and I, um, he's not going to be there for much longer. If he's if he's there for twenty twenty one, I, it's going to be hard for him to be there much longer after that. I think I think um, that relationship that that bridge has been been broken, and he's probably lost the trust from you the think Packers. he was happy with the the Packers draft class this year yeah I don't even honestly know who they got I know they got a receiver they went out and got him quite a bit of help on the offensive line but so at, I'm, the, at the same time and they drafted he, him a wide receiver too so I heard this point too like it's not like he didn't already have help on offense he has Devontae Adams he's got David Bakhtiari he's got Aaron Jones <laughs> like he's not playing with schlubs like like, You're only naming they, a few guys that are just amazing, and yeah, what do they the want? What, what do they want him to do? Like pass that? Let's be honest. Those wide receivers on, on Green Bay, they go to any other team and get catch passes yeah. from almost any other quarterback. Yeah, they're below average receivers, probably. Yeah. Maybe not Devontae Adams. He's very good. Yeah, uh, aside from the players he named, of course, is but what yeah, I meant. Like, like what? What do they want them hit this draft? Draft a receiver with every pick and and. You know, they drafted a running back with the second their second round pick last year. Like, what? What? Like, what do they want <laughs> them to do? But I'm fine with all this crazy drama going on with the Packers, especially you know Vikings fans. We love oh sure any, any drama going on over there because that's more opportunity for the Vikings to surpass the Packers. And if 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 he's gonna leave or force his way out or force them to fire their GM and create all this crazy stuff going on, um. I'm all for it, and I'm going to be tuning in until this thing ends. I'm just happy this is something we can talk about for probably the whole summer, um, because that'll yeah, give us. It's, it's going to get it's it's going to get uh, real slow this summer with you know teams not participating in OTAs or and things like that. So yeah, from what I understand, a lot of the the Vikings veterans have already said they're they're not going. Yeah, and but the rookies are. 
I know I know most of the rookies for every team are going to be uh, going to at least rookie mini camp, and then we'll see what they do from there. Um, but yeah, was the best part? Of, what was the best part of the weekend for Vikings fans? The draft or or the Rodgers drama? What do you think? <laughs> the Rodgers drama was so it was tasty. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. But for me, it was definitely when Minnesota was able to hit that trade back and and then grab the the pass blocking left mm-hmm. tackle. That to me was set the tone for the entire weekend where it was like, boom, there we go. I thought it was hilarious that the Jets selected Elijah Vera Tucker because that was the guy that pretty much every, like you go to every mock draft and they're like, oh, the Vikings are going to get Elijah Vera Tucker because he just fits their team perfectly. And they're like, you want him? No, we're okay. We're going to trade back. Like, (laughs) No, we don't want him. Um, But that'll do it for us today. Adam, where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MNVikingZombie. I'm on Instagram there. We can see some pictures of my cats, too. They're, uh, they're good cats. Nice cats. You can also follow me on Twitch over there, where I play some games once in a while. You can come play some Jackbox with me, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, otherwise, please uh, subscribe to the Pro People podcast if you, mm-hmm. if you want. It's, it's an alternative to this one, so it's a live show where we just discuss the Vikings and Honestly, if you like talking Vikings, there's so many great places to do that. So YouTube why not too, just right? get on and on it? Uh, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook Live. And then it goes up in podcast form later go. on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, Google Do you guys podcast. do that on a specific day of the week? No, no. Just when the three of us can get together. Yeah. Okay. Some of our guys, uh, well, two of our guys have schedules that kind of rotate a little bit. So we just kind of do it when we can. But we do go once a week. There you go. Go check that out. Check check out Adam's stuff. On... And we're, what, uh, 340 episodes deep? We've been around oh, wow. a while. You're catching up to Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure to go check out Adam's stuff on the Viking Age, too. He's writing a lot of good stuff. Uh, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later.